Can we please talk about UFC 266 at the weekend? Come on, you must have watched it by now. If you if you haven't, then you're not an MMA fan, in which case this, this little uh, podcast video is, is just not for you, all right? But would you like to just... Can we just sit and talk about what happened on that event and also what John Jones has been up to? Those crazy hands. That crazy guy, he's been at it again. Also, discussing you know, whether Conor McGregor will make it as a picture and if Sean Shelby watches this show. So, let's get into it for the Burt Locker. So, UFC 266, it happened at the weekend. It, it was a stunningly good event from start. I actually stayed up and watched it uh, because purely because I watched the prelims and then it's like 3 a.m. And I was just like, oh, I mean, I kind of want to see Andrade against um, Cavillo. Oh. And then straight after that, it's Jarzino Lusenstroik against uh, Curtis Blades. That's... And then... It's Nick Diaz against Robbie Lawler. And then you've got the co-main event, and then you've got the main event. So I was like, well, I might as well just stay up at this point. But by the time I'd gotten to the main card, I was like, well, do you know what I mean? Past the point of no return now. So yeah, uh, fantastic event. Uh, real treat for MMA fans uh, like myself. So uh, let's see how my bets got on, most importantly. So I was very big on Jalen Turner. Jalen Turner, uh, the tarantula, coming at 155 uh, against Uros Medic, the, or Medic, the, uh, the doctor he's known as. Anyway, uh, for this one, very happy because I, I was very, I thought it was very good value. Very good value on that one because Jalen Turner to get the finish was like, what, 375? And uh, yeah. For me, it was like, yeah, he, ha he has five losses, but he had 10 wins. All 10 were, were by stoppage. So for me, the odds shouldn't have been that long. Honestly, you won't get odds that good the next time Jalen Turner fights on the stoppage. I promise you that much. I promise you that. But yeah, Turner, he's a real problem at 155. If he can keep that going, no, he just, he's so good on the feet. And then, you know, he just, he's managing to find these submissions now as well. Uh, next move, he should probably fight maybe an Alvarez and McDessie. McDessie's looking for, looking for a fight. Well, I haven't seen him fight in ages, actually. He's a pretty decent name for that division. I don't know if he's even still fighting because I haven't seen him in ages, but they're both 36 and 37 respectively. Uh, Otman, Azir, Otman Azatir would probably be a good test. He's ranked 32. Undefeated German against the Tarantula. That's, that's a decent matchup. Decent matchup, make that happen. Then we had Shamil Abdrahimov against Chris Dalkus. Now, I will admit, I'll hold my hands up. I wasn't quite buying into the Dalkus uh, hype train just yet. But I mean, <laughs> sign me up. I'm buying a ticket. I'm jumping on board. Let's see where this train goes. Because the man knocked Shamil out twice in one fight. That first, that first knockout in the first round, it was a knockout. He was out cold. I don't know why it wasn't stopped. But either way, he, he smashed him again in the uh, second round. So look, it was still worth rolling the dice on the knockout for Shamil Abdahimov because let's face it, because he is a master of sport in kickboxing and you're getting good odds on the uh, knockout there. But there was a reason Dalkus was such a big favourite and, and he showed it. He was fantastic. Uh, it's been confirmed also that Dalkus is going to fight Derek Lewis uh, next. I think that's like in a couple of months, but that'll be incredible. That's a real quick ticket to the title. If we can starch Derek Lewis, that's, um, 
That's going to be big. So then we had Dan Hooker against Nasrat Hakpalest uh, at uh, £155. And this one was a really fun fight. Now, D, like... It's funny, it, it was Dan Hooker, he looked like he was back on form. He really did. He looked sharp. As I said, his, he seemed like he was better in every area. Uh, I liked the uh, odds on the submission. He did go for the submission a couple of times, like close to the end. Uh, they started doing kind of grappling exchanges, and he did have that rear naked in for a moment. And I was out of my seat because it got 10 to 1 on that. It should never be 10 to 1. It should have been like 6 to 1, 7 to 1 tops because he does like going for those chokes, as I mentioned last week. And um, one of the funnest things the fight. I mean, try holding a straight face when you listen to Daniel Cormier sit there going, right now what Hack Press wants to do, he wants to explode into Hooker. And he's just like, <laughs> explode into Hooker. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm a very juvenile human being. I apologise. Sorry, not sorry. Anyway, look, uh, basically Dan Hooker, I think next, really, because he wants to keep active, maybe he should step in for RDA and fight Islam Makachev. Just saying. Like RDA is saying, although RDA hasn't officially fallen out of that fight yet, he's just having uh, checkups done or something like that. And, and Islam has assumed that he's not fighting, he's throwing a load of shade his way. But uh, yeah, if, that, if RDA does end up falling out of that fight, then maybe Dan Hooker should step up because that would be a real test for Islam Makachev. I know Islam Makachev is very highly touted, but Dan Hooker is also very good. And I think he kind of reminded people of that on Saturday night. Curtis Blades against Jarzino. Those were strike. This, this one was closer than the bookies thought. Jarzino was certainly capable of catching him because look at the state of Curtis Blades' eye after the fight. Look. At the end of the day, it was worth, again, it was another one that was worth rolling the dice on. It was always going to be a risky bet because it's always very likely that Curtis Blades is just going to be able to put his opponents on the floor and get a decision. That's exactly what he did. It was a solid, if unspectacular win. If unspectacular win. And, uh, yeah, look, at the end of the day, if he wants to fight, Blades next, if he wants to fight up the rankings, his, his options right now are limited to Stipe Miocic, and that is it. Unless Derek Lewis wants to do a rematch, which I very much doubt because, as we said, Derek Lewis has been matched up with Chris Dalkus already. So, if he wants to fight down the rankings, he has slightly more, uh, more options. He's got Tom Aspinall and Sakai. I think, actually, yeah, Jarzino goes and... No, Curtis Blades against Tom Aspinall is probably the fight to make because Tom Aspinall has been thrown right, back, right up into that division. Uh, I think he's, like, rank eight now. And I know he didn't want that, but he's a victim of his, of his own success, unfortunately. So then we had Nick Diaz against Robbie Lord. This one was fantastic. It, it, was, it was a good fight. People that are moaning about it are just out of their minds. It was, it was uh, you know... A gun battle from start to finish. They were like, you know, Robbie Lawler knew that he had to do what Diaz did to him last week. He had to just bring the pressure. And he did. He just brought that pressure. And Nick Diaz was never going to withstand that pressure because it just didn't look like he'd been training that much. I, I know, I know that Diaz doesn't... He's, like people say, oh, but he never looks like a bodybuilder. No one's saying he looked... Like, he, he usually looks like a bodybuilder, but he normally at least looks like he's in shape. He, he at least normally looks like he trains, right? He looked like a really fat, out of, out of shape ex-fighter, to be honest, which in effect is what he was. But hopefully, you know, it, hopefully he can get a fire lit back under him. He did say that if he got his ass kicked, he would be back quicker, right? But the odds on this one came in real fast it, the the time to bet on this one was thursday so just a little reminder on my patreon i do a kind of um 
a making of audio podcast where I'm going through all of the records and people for, the, for my fight picks, the fights in 15 on the Friday. And that actually gets released on a Thursday on my um, Patreon channel. And I did say in that audio podcast that y- if you want to bet on Lawler, the time is now because people are going to see how terrible Nick Diaz looks and they are going to start throwing money on him hand over fist, which is exactly what happened. But I still had 3.75 on the, uh, on the knockout for Lawler, which was always going to happen. That I, I just didn't see it going any other way. But at the end of the day, you know, it was it was a fun fight because Nick Diaz he still looked dangerous. He he weirdly looked more scary as like an old man than like when he was like in his prime because he didn't look like a kind of young kid that was going to beat the fuck out of him. He just looked like kind of he looked kind of old and he looked kind of not bothered. But there was something kind of scary about that because he's just getting like haymakers thrown at him and he's just kind of like smirking and just like and I just I was waiting for him to just like hit hit that one on the button and he could have done because like he was throwing back and he was landing so it wasn't like a complete write-off for Nick Diaz at all I still thought he looked relatively impressive considering he's been out for like seven years so I would like to see him come back and you know he's obviously not fighting Usman off of the back of that performance but you could find him some some decent matchups you know you see how Matt Brown gets on against Barbarina that's been booked more on that later um yeah and you know people people are very like touchy about Nick Diaz like people say oh stop saying that Nick Diaz quit it's like that's exactly what he did he didn't want to take any more punishment and he quit that's why that's what happened like people give shit to other people for less you know what I mean like I think it's at the end of the day he got hit with that upper with with the hook and then a glancing uppercut and he wanted Robbie Lawler to come in and play the jiu-jitsu game with him and Lawler was like no stand up I'm gonna knock you out and Diaz and, and the ref said do you want to continue and he's like no and it was that simple. And I'm not hating on that. At the end of the day, he probably just mitigated taking more damage. You know what I mean? He, he didn't want to continue. And, that's, and that is fair enough. But you then can't have people kind of nut-huggers like going on, like, oh, you can't, he, he hurt his leg. He had to, it was a doctor stoppage. No, it wasn't. He quit. Do you know what I mean? There's, again, not hating on that. It's just a fact. It's a fact. The, the referee asked him if he wanted to continue and he said no, which again is fair enough. Because I don't see that it was going particularly any other way. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, one thing that I would say was so funny. Because I was listening to, obviously, uh, obviously listen to Believe You Me. Shout out Believe You Me podcast. Michael Bisping, Luis J. Luis J. Gomez. Luis J. Gomez said one of the funniest, most appropriate things that I think I've ever heard to describe Nick Diaz. It's just like, he's like, Diaz is an autistic thug. All right, he can't even make eye contact. He's a fantastic fighter, but he has got all the autism. <laughs> yeah, oh, I just, oh, I thought that was so funny. But uh, yeah, because he's he's not wrong. He really is not wrong. So because it, it, yeah, it's because it, Nick Diaz he's, he's a weird he's a weird cat, and he he was acting re- extra weird on the way into that fight. But anyway, Mike Perry uh, needs a fight. So I'm looking at the winners here. The winner, Robbie Lawler. I thought he looked really, really good, actually, because he came out actually pulling the trigger. All he needs to do is go, is, he needs to go out there and pull the trigger, and Robbie Lawler is a problem for anybody, right? He might be getting older, and like I said, the few, last few fights haven't gone his way, but he looked really good in this one. Mike Perry needs a fight. I say make Mike Perry versus Robbie Lawler, because that is, stylistically, what a wonderful matchup. What a treat that would be. So, Sean Shelby, make that one happen. Uh, shout out to Shevchenko as well. That Shevchenko looked fantastic. But also, the fact that she came out and kind of, um, like, defended the ring girls. Like, bigging them up. Because... I, I really, 
I wasn't a, a big fan of like Khabib coming out. Just it was an unprovoked attack on the ring girls, basically. What for? What reason, Khabib? Don't you sit there calling them useless, saying that say, saying that there's nothing hard about what they do? Oh, are you are you a professional model, Khabib? What's that? You're not. Oh, so so what qualifies you? to say how hard or easy being a professional model might be. Because the thing is, right, on, on, the, on the outside, being like a model and doing that kind of thing, it looks really easy. But the schedule they have to keep, and they have to stay in shape all the time. What, you think that like those bodies happen by accident? They don't. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they actually do have to put in a lot of work, a lot of commitment. And who are you to say how difficult or hard something is that you don't do? Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying whether it's difficult or hard. I don't know, because I'm not a fucking professional model, am I? Do you know, no one's paying to look at me. And uh, yeah, so I just thought it was nice for Shevchenko to come out and say, you know what? Like they do serve a purpose. Like they're decoration for the for the event, and they are every like people people don't like to admit this, but people like to look at attractive people, men and women. Do you know what I mean? It's just a fact. And at the end of the day, they have been around since the very start, so it's just, and it's part of the pageantry as well. And uh, yeah, so because I, I, again, you can say that you know you don't, you personally don't appreciate the ring girls, but to sit there and call them useless, I, I feel like that's the, I, I feel like Khabib was a little bit out of order there. But then again, he can do what he wants. He's retired and he's one of the greatest to ever do it, which is fair enough. But I don't think he knows an awful lot about professional modelling. Is my point. Anyway, moving on. Alexander Volkanovsky against Brian Ortega. What a what an incredible fight! How, that was one of the craziest featherweight fights I've ever seen. In my, it, it was, and you know what? I went in there not. I, I still respected Ortega, obviously, but and I did talk a little bit of shit. But I, I like him much more now. I mean, how can you not respect that dude for being able to take that punishment? And you know what? Both of them looked amazing. I, I mean, v Volkanovsky obviously put on a clinic. He was, he's just, it's so weird how good he is at striking. For somebody who's so short, how he's able to get in and out and cause so much damage without taking too much damage himself is kind of ridiculous. It is crazy. And the fact he doesn't even seem to need to breathe is even crazier. Do you know what I mean? He was locked in that guillotine for like 45 seconds. And do you know what I mean? He just toughed it out. That is incredible. Incredible toughness. And then he just smashed him, you know, smashing in the ground a pound as if nothing even happened. Ridiculous. So look, Ortega's a beast as well. He managed to last the end. Although I would say that um, the referee, I, I thought they were going to stop it. I really did because at the end of the day, like he he was he wasn't answering the questions correctly. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's, it, like the referee was going, oh, you know, how many fingers am I holding up? Is that two, one, three? I don't know. And it's like, yep. Good enough for me. <laughs> That's good enough. Oh, fantastic. It's like, there's even a meme going around. I think I've got it in my, um, in my troll of the week where it's just like, yeah, how many things am I holding up? Purple. Oh, but yeah. Uh, rematch with Max is, is likely what's next for Volkanovski if Max beats Yaya Rodriguez. I'm not going to say that's a foregone conclusion because that would be very disrespectful, disrespectful to Yaya. However, you know, Max Holloway is likely to win that fight. Uh, Giga Chikadze, that'd be an interesting fight for Volk. I mean, I'd, I don't know who beats Giga Chikadze. He is an absolute savage. So yeah, lots to look forward to in the featherweight division. And going to go into the news very shortly but before I do I just want to say thank you for watching you know and um, if you could do me a favor please like 
and subscribe and leave me a comment you know if you think i'm off the mark on anything that i've said you know but please feel free i do love to debate these kind of things you know if you if you enjoy the show please leave a comment saying saying something nice leave a comment saying something bad i don't care at the end of the day it helps the algorithm right and that's what i want tell your friends you know just if you're listening to this like and you know people that might appreciate this content let them know. Just say, hey, look, you know, give this a listen. All they're going to lose is 15 to 20 minutes of their time. And that's not asking too much, is it? But either way, yeah, like I said, you know, all my social media handles, uh, the Burt Green on Twitter, uh, the Burt Green on Facebook, you know, they're all up there in the corner. So yeah, I just want to say thank you very much for the support. Obviously the Patreon as well. Uh, go and check that out. There's loads of bonus content, as I said before, and uh, early access to the picks. And yeah, loads of great stuff going on, on the Patreon. So feel free to check that out if you would like to support so moving on to the news matt brown versus bam bam brian bam bam brian uh oh, i've forgotten what his bloody name is barbarina that's it barbarina now i just want to play you a quick a very quick clip because it seems like this was a matchup that one aspiring MMA analyst may have already called for. Next for Bam Bam should be Matt Brown. Could you imagine how good a fight between Brian Barbarena and Matt the Immortal Brown would be? That could headline a fight night easily. Make that one happen. Yep, it turns out that Sean Shelby must watch the bloody show. Thanks for watching, Sean. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, no, I, I said a while ago that this was the matchup to make because, wow, what a matchup it will be. You know, if Carlsberg made fights, man, they'd make him like this. If you are in America right now, you don't know what Carlsberg is, probably, and that makes no sense to you. Basically, um, yeah, they, there's an advertising campaign. Carlsberg is probably the best lager in the world, you know, and yeah, either way. I'm not going to explain it too much, but it's a pick and fight for me. I mean, Bam Bam, he's got crazy power, and I think that he will probably be the favourite in this. I mean, Matt Brown is difficult to put away because he's got that ex-heroin addict endurance, hasn't he? It's why he's got such good abs, you know? It's uh, so we will about heroin, it will do wonders for your abs. Look at those old rock stars. They have, you know, they've got abs for days. A uh, great fight for both fighters, you know, Matt Brown... He's still got a lot left in him, so you can't, you, you cannot count him out of that. And yeah, no, Barbarain is an absolute savage. It should play out on the feet as well. Should be really fun stylistically. And uh, Conor McGregor, turns out he's never going to make it in the MLB, the Major League Baseball, because, oh my God, I hate to bring it up, but it was so fucking hilarious. And in fairness, he did kind of own it as well. He was tweeting out himself saying how, how terrible it was. Because the problem is he tried to get, like, you see the picture here, it doesn't do it justice. Just go and Google it, right? And you'll find it real quickly. But that ball goes miles away from where it was supposed to actually land. And it's just so, because he gave it too much beans, too much egg. Too much egg, mate. Too much power. Like, he was just trying to, like, really throw it hard and ended up just throwing it hard over the head of the people that needed to catch it. But, yeah. No, well, obviously, Conor McGregor's a great athlete. I'd have thought that his coordination from boxing and stuff would be better than that. But he was probably shit-faced, to be fair, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? So, anyway. But... How bad at ball games is he? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's also threw this football as well, the American football. And it was absolutely terrible. He said he didn't want to rip his suit, which is, yeah, no, well, yeah, no. 
Sounds plausible, mate. Sounds real believable. But if that is how badly he kicks, uh, he, he like throws balls, it's how badly he, he is at ball games. Why would he tweet this about Volkanovski? He's talking about kicking his head off like a rugby ball. Well, your track record with balls right there, Connor, is not so great. And uh, honestly, like... I think you would miss by a country mile currently if you tried to kick Volkanovski's head off his shoulders. I know that, look, Connor's just tweeting this crap out to try and stay relevant, and for all intents and purposes, it's working. Because I'm talking about it, uh, you know, Michael Bisping is talking about it on his podcast, everyone's talking about these tweets. But, realistically, once upon a time, Conor McGregor might have beaten Volkanovski. I don't know. Because once upon a time, McGregor, like him or not, was sharp as hell. And that left hand was an absolute missile. So you can't say that in his prime, he might he, he didn't, wouldn't have stood a chance against Volkanovski. However, it is not 2015. It is 2021. And in 2021, Volkanovski beats the fuck out of Conor McGregor. I'm telling you, it doesn't even matter what weight class it is. I think I think Volkanovski's too much for him in 2021. John Jones has done something really kind of disturbing here. I actually read the report and, and before I start joking about it, and I'm going to start joking about it, I just want to say that actually a lot of this isn't funny. They're, like It was really kind of disturbing, especially the you know how the, the, the clerk at the desk described how, how afraid John Jones's fiance was to even go back to the hotel room. And I think that actually this kind of behaviour is, is really disgusting. Um, and being drunk is not an excuse for that, right? Being drunk is not an excuse for being a piece of shit. It really isn't. And John Jones needs to sort it out because... As a fan, I'm getting tired of seeing this crap. I'm getting tired of seeing it. I'm no longer surprised, but I am getting tired of it. And he says that he needs to he needs to quit drinking. I agree with Dana White. Dana White came out and said he needed to quit drinking ten years ago, because if this is like because he and he's blaming on trauma to his head and stuff like that. Stop looking for a cop out, John. Just for once, please, could you just accept responsibility and not go oh it's because i've been hit in the head too many times no 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 there are plenty of other guys that get hit in the head a lot that manage to do manage to have a couple of drinks and not beat their wife around or their fiance do you know what i mean that that it, that is not an excuse and you were kind of plastering that on instagram and that that made me respect you even less honestly as a fighter, one of the greatest to ever do it, but this was actually disgusting, and, it, and I didn't, and it pained me to see it. That being said, there, you know, everyone was fine, and, and I wish you know his fiance all the best, and I hope that they're not too kind of scarred from it. But there are a lot of uh, a lot of jokes. That, I mean, it's like because the thing is, it's like it's vintage John Jones, John Jones, especially in the police report. Apparently, like he was talking, he was talking like to the police police officers, like, yeah, I want to see what he. To take his cuffs off, you know, I could, I could get out of these cuffs, you know, and the police was just like, yeah, but then we're going to have to tase you. And he was like, okay, officer. And apparently he just apologised and just kept his head down and started, uh, started, started cooperating. I mean, again, the other thing to look at is apparently he was going from really agitated, angry to kind of apologetic and kind of, uh, and crying, like, one to the other. That's, okay, drunk people do do that, but another like group of people that have problems with emotional instability are steroid users and he's been putting on a lot of bulk lately and he has used steroids in the past so ugh, i'm not i'm just those are the facts you know I mean? he's a previous user of steroids and that is emotional instability is one of the kind of 
hallmarks of people that abuse steroids you know, on a regular basis. Those are just two facts that I'm going to leave out there. I'm not going to be accusing anybody of anything at this point. And uh, yeah, to, to be fair, for me, what I think happened was like somebody showed him a clip of Francis Ngannou, uh, you know, and was, or maybe Cyril Gunn. And no, most people looking at those kind of clips are like, wow, look how good that guy is. Whereas John Jones's reaction was like, I think I better kick my wife down the stairs. <laughs> Get myself out of this. Ooh. But yeah. Anyway, enough of that. A very negative story to end the news on. So yeah. Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, we've got um, a few trolls of the week here, which are actually really good. The first one's related to the final story, which is... Uh, where the hell is it? There we go. Yeah, so it's just Beaver Smash, at Beaver Smash. You guys, like, you, you put out loads of hilarious memes, so thank you. And, uh, yeah, it's just a picture of John Jones. You know the one where you've got the guy, like, with his finger to his head, it's like, you know, like, it, where he's thought of something. It's like, I won't have to fight Francis Ngannou if I'm in jail. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Could be, that could be his angle. Maybe he didn't like the, the thought of fighting some of those guys, and he's talked a, he's talked a big game so far. You know what I mean? And uh, next troll of the week... It's not really like a meme, but it has been Dana White and Oscar De La Hoya just going back and forth, right? Because uh, De La Hoya came out and just said, oh, Volkanovski, you just won a brutal battle for the UFC and made one twentieth of what you're worth. At Dana White, have some fucking respect for yourself and these fighters and pay these warriors what they deserve. Dana White's response, shut the fuck up, you crackhead, faking that you had COVID and robbing me of watching you get knocked the fuck out by Vitor Belfort. You should win an Academy Award for your hospital performance. And then De La Hoya comes back. Is that all you got, Dana White? You're accusing me of faking a virus that killed over 700,000 Americans? Oh, shut up, Oscar. Good Lord. Uh, you pathetic piece of shit. You never even laced up gloves. So you completely ignored my original point about you underpaying your fighters in caps, right? Because he's shouting that part. And I love this comeback from Dana White because he's actually said a lot of things that are completely true. Because I just think that Oscar De La Hoya is not in the best position to be throwing stones he's living in a glass house do you know what I mean he's living in a glass house and he's winging stones all over the place because Dana White came back with don't worry about Volkanovsky you clown he has a team of very intelligent sophisticated people behind him and he's clearly doing very well for himself if he needs to buy an eight ball then maybe he will reach out to you for some guidance it's no secret that you're a liar a drug addict and an all-round scumbag it doesn't matter that you lace up gloves and there is no doubt you accomplish big things in the boxing ring but out of the ring you're an absolute fucking loser when you were when you were one and done as an MMA promoter, you lied about what Chuck and Tito would make and you paid everyone shit. Not to mention, you didn't even take the time to learn the names of the fighters on your card, so fuck off and leave the fight promoting to me and do the whole world a favour and fight Vitor or Belfort so we can all get to sit, so we can all watch you go to sleep. Yeah. That's to be fair, he's not said anything incorrect there because Oscar was embarrassing at the press conferences for his MMA promotion thing because he couldn't even he didn't even know a lot of the fighters' names and apparently he did pay them absolute shit as well. So Joey, pot kettle black, Oscar, come on, come on, what are you doing, man? And then, so uh, yeah, this one I did I did allude to earlier. It's a little a little light one to end on. Uh, basically, uh, Brian Ortega, where the hell is he? 
There we go. Yeah, so he's uh, basically Herb Dean, like when he's like talking to Brian Ortega. Hey, how many things am I holding up? Ortega says, purple. So Herb Dean, yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good to go. He's good to go. You know, so yeah, I've seen a lot of memes like that, you know, the Herb, if he dies, he dies thing. But you know what? Everyone, he was just giving him the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, and that's all my trolls of the week this week. And that is everything that I've had to a slightly longer one this week because there are a lot of fights to recap. So uh, thank you for sticking with me. It's been a real fun one. And I will be doing, uh, obviously, my behind the scenes audio show on Thursday where I'm going to be putting together my picks for this Friday's event, uh, for this Saturday's event, sorry, uh, Santos versus Walker. Great card. There's some really good fights on there. They have snuck a really excellent card out there for uh, Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. Uh, it's going to be a real good one. So uh, I'll be doing like my picks show the Burt Locker Fights in 15 will be on the Friday and on the Patreon. It will come out on my YouTube on the Saturday. But until then, keep those odds long and those bets terrible.